you that we have the freedom in Christ to come and to worship freely and to express our thanks and our adoration and our, 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 our gratefulness for who you are and what you've done for us. And, and you have freed us from the power of sin. You have the ability to make us brand new. And that is certainly something that we should give you praise for, certainly something for which we should worship and honor and glorify you. We're so thankful that you have written our name in glory, that we belong to your family if we have a relationship with Jesus. And so, Father, I pray that in these few moments when we open up your word and look to it, that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and would show us how we can live in the reality of being a follower of Jesus and that you would show us this morning what it means to to understand your will, to uh, to follow it and to honor you as we do that. And we pray it all in the good name of Jesus. All of God's people said, amen and amen. Well, to invite you to take your Bible for just a few minutes, we're going to look at the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4. Let me just add my congratulations to you graduates on, on making it to this point and about to, to start off in a new journey. And we're certainly thankful and excited for that journey that you'll take. Also, congratulate you parents who have gotten those kids to this point, and especially to you parents who are about to have the empty nest. High five, Mandy. Uh, uh, we uh, <laughs> congratulate you as well. So, um, uh, I mean, not to, not to congratulate ourselves, but uh, no, it's a wonderful accomplishment you young men and women have made. I look forward to seeing what God's going to do through you uh, in whatever direction he takes you in. But you know, as we, you know, as these young people, these young men and women have gotten to this point, they have made certain decisions. And they made those decisions, I hope, based upon what they felt God would lead them to do. But as we as adults know who have walked this path before, those decisions, that decision-making does not end at this point. In fact, life at every turn, we will make decisions. And sometimes we approach that about trying to make a decision that would honor God, kind of like a spiritual, let's make a deal. You know, we kind of come to a fork in the road, and, and if you're that, that, that game show, let's make a deal. I know it's been around for a while, but it's been, re- you, it, it's, it's been reincarnated a few times. And uh, you, you've got, uh, one, people dressed up like you know, kind of funny in and of themselves, but then they have options. They have door one, door two, door three. And, and do we open up door one, and do we find a brand new car, or do we open up door three and get a lifetime supply of paper clips, right? It's kind of what it boils down to is which door do I open? And sometimes we approach the will of God that way. We, we come to a point of wondering, what does God want us to do? What's the next step we, we're always taking? We use that phrase around here a lot, next steps. We're always taking the next step. What is the next step that I need to take, whether you're uh, a high school graduate or whether you're getting ready to, to be a graduate, or whether you're like my wife and I, we're about to be in this new phase as well of, of, of no youngins around in the house all the time. So what are our next steps? I think it's partying, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, what? <laughs> What exactly is the next step that we need to take? We need to, uh, 
we're always trying to, to find out and to, to learn and to live the will of God. I want us to look at Proverbs chapter 4 for just a few moments this morning, and, and we're going to start in verse 10. I'm going to read down through the text, and I want to make a couple of statements to you about wisdom and the will of God. Uh, a couple of things that I think maybe some of us walked into this room, no matter our age, and maybe some, some misconceptions we had about God's will, and I want us to, to try to maybe clarify a couple of those this morning. Proverbs chapter 4, beginning in verse 10, the proverb writer says, Hear my son and accept my words, that the years of your life may be many. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I have led you in the paths of uprightness. When you walk, your step will not be hampered, and if you run, you will not stumble. Keep hold of instruction. Do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not walk in the way of the evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. They are robbed of sleep unless they have made someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. But the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. My son, be attentive to my words, incline your ear to my sayings, let them not escape from your sight, keep them within your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flows the springs of life. Put away from you crooked speech. And put devious talk far from you. Let your eyes look directly forward and your gaze be straight before you. Ponder the path of your feet. Then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. I hope that you called in those verses several statements of cause and effect that, that we do this and, and then there's something that happens as a result of that choice. And, 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 and Solomon will sure to include several of those in these warnings to, to his son. The theme of Proverbs, I've been going through Proverbs myself the last couple of weeks really trying to study it, and the, the theme of Proverbs is, is clearly wisdom, that God wants us to live wisely and Solomon Solomon had something to say about wisdom and the will of God. So not just for you guys who are about to graduate and the next steps that you'll take. And I know a lot of you got those next steps figured out. And, and sometimes, uh, you know, we make plans and then God goes, ha, ha, ha. And, and sometimes those steps change. And, and then as a, we as adults, we still make plans. And, and God still sometimes says, ha, ha, ha. And he changes the path of, of our feet as well. So as we live this life that God's called us to live, 
live, whether we got a day left or 10 days left or 10 years left or 100, as we live this life that God's called us to live, I want to make a couple of statements that, that I see Solomon making related to wisdom and the will of God. Three real quick statements, then we'll be done, okay? First is this, the will of God is a path you continually walk. It's not a door that you open once. Okay, I want you to think about that statement. The will of God is a path that you continually walk. It's not a door that you just open once. Look back in chapter 4, for example, in verse 11. I have taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of unrighteousness. Go down to verse 14. Do not enter the path of the wicked. Do not walk in the way of the evil. Down in verse 18, the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until full day. The way of the wicked is like deep darkness. They do not know over what they stumble. Or what he says in verse 26 especially, ponder, ponder, consider, meditate upon, ponder the path of your feet. God's will, you see the emphasis on there on the path, God's will is a path we're continually called to walk. You see, we oftentimes use a metaphor that God's will is a door that we open once. It's one single specific decision that we make. And I think that that's fair to say as long as we understand that that's not, it's not just one door that we walk through. It's a series of doors along a path that God has for us. And following the will of God, it's not about walking through one specific door and that's it. It's about constantly living and walking on this path of wisdom. Following God isn't about choosing A, B, or C. Following God is about following Jesus. So here's kind of your, your one sub-point under this first aspect, the will of God's a path that you walk and under what you walk through. When we follow Jesus, we're doing the will of God. Look, if you want to be sure that you're doing the will of God, follow Jesus. Because you cannot, do, oh, well, let me, let's get the audience portion of our program going this morning. You talk back to me. Do you think it's possible to follow Jesus and be outside of God's will? No. No. Because when you follow Jesus, you're following God himself. You're following the will of God. Look, in Scripture, God, y'all know those magic eight balls? Magic eight balls. It's where you ask a question and you shake it and it shows something that says, ask again later. Or, no, don't do that. Or, yes, go ahead and do that. Okay, one, that's not real, okay? But, but then, also, God rarely works in eight ball fashion. There, there are times in Scripture, obviously, that, that God clearly says, go here and, and go there. But those are the exceptions, not the norm. People in the Bible who knew the will of God, they knew God's will because they stayed in step with the Holy Spirit on this path. They walked a path of wisdom. Now, look, we know how to spiritualize the will of God. Okay, I promise I'll spend more time on the point one than the two points, so just don't, don't get nervous. 
we try to spiritualize the will of God, we'll say things like, well, I mean, the door just opened right in front of me. The problem with that is that God's not the only one who opens doors. Remember the story of Jonah? Jonah was looking to get away from God, and the Bible says about that time he found a ship going to Tarshish. And Jonah was like, well, there's a ship leaving away. I'm trying to, Jehovah Jireh, God must have provided. And like God would have provided him a way to escape God. So the problem with that is that God's not the only one who opens doors. Or, or sometimes we say, well, well, I had a peace about it. Well, so did Eve. When, when she was in the garden and she was tempted, she looked at that tree, and it was pleasant to her eyes. She had, you know what, you got a piece when you look at a piece of chocolate cake, don't you? <laughs> there's a peace that comes over you, and there, 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 there's some salivating that takes place, and, and that's fine every now and then, but you know that's not the diet God wants you to feast on, and here's exhibit A, uh, every day of the week. Follow my heart. Well, that's, um, and and I I don't want to offend anybody. Actually, I don't really care if I do. But that's the dumbest piece of advice you can ever take in your life. Because your heart is wicked. Your heart is desperately wicked. If you follow your heart everywhere your heart tells you to go, you're just going to run to sin constantly. Because your heart has to be transformed. But oh, how we try to to over-spiritualize these things. Now, there's nothing wrong with thinking through that as long as that's not the only way we think. According to, to Proverbs, the best route to take, yes, factor in the open doors. Yes, factor in the sense of peace. Yes, factor in the impressions on your heart. But run all of that through the context of wisdom. Wisdom is the path. Following God and his will is not just one door you walk through. It's following a path of wisdom. Second statement I'll make is this. The path you are on determines your destination. Right now, every single one of us, no matter if we're about to jump off into a world or we've been walking in the world for a while, Every single one of us, we are on a path. That's why verses 26 and 27 tell us to ponder the path of your feet, then all your ways will be sure. Do not swerve to the right or to the left. Turn your foot away from evil. The decisions, young people and adults, the decisions you are making right now are taking you somewhere. Okay, we need to ask ourselves the question, where is this path, the path that I'm on, where is this path taking me? Because wherever it leads, that's where you're going. Here's, here, you might want to write this down under this point. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Okay, I want you to read that, and, and we put it on the screen for you so you, so you couldn't mis, misunderstand me. Direction, not intention, determines your destination. Let's say that we're going to take a trip to Jacksonville, all right? We're going to go over to the, to the East Coast. And we got our bags packed, 
and we've got our itineraries written out. We've even made reservations for the best restaurants that we can find in Jacksonville. We get in our car, we go to the interstate, and we start traveling west. Jacksonville's east, okay? If we start traveling west, when will we get to Jacksonville? We won't. We're never. We're never going to get there. But we had the best of intentions, and we had the best plan, and we had listed out everything we needed, and we had gassed up our cars for $300.64, and we'd done all those things. But we're going the wrong direction. You'll, you'll never reach your destination no matter how well you've prepared for it or what your intentions are. That same principle applies to the path of our lives. We end up somewhere in life and we ask ourselves, how did I get there? I'll tell you how we get there. Most of the time, now there's some, there's some outliers, but most of the time the decisions that we make along the way put us on a path that lead us to the destination we are right now. Let me give you an example or two. If you want to marry someone who loves and follows Jesus, you should probably date someone who loves and follows Jesus. Otherwise, it's not going to work out that well. You want to be that couple that You're kind of newly married right now, or maybe middly married, however long you've been married. You want to be that couple that when they're in their 80s and 90s are are loving on each other and don't on each each other, and you see them at Chick-fil-A, because that's where all the good Christian folk go, and and you see them just talking and caring all. You, You want to be that couple? Don't be a jerk to each other right now, because that path's going to take you somewhere. Or you, you, you want your, your kids to realize how, how much a presence you were in their life, but you're working 80 hours a week, every week? That Those decisions are putting you on a path that's going to take you somewhere. Or, or you want to be generous with your money, but your credit card debt keeps getting bigger month after month after month. That's not going to happen. The decisions you're making right now are putting you upon a path that's going to take you somewhere. And the path that you're on right now will determine your destination. So the question becomes, do you need to change paths? So here's the wonderful thing that I keep being reminded of as I'm studying Proverbs, is that I cannot go back and undo a decision I made yesterday. But I can start making right decisions today. Boy, y'all missed that chance. I mean, right, we can't go back and, and redo any decision we've made. Decisions, have, choices have consequences. But there's nothing to stop us from start, starting to make the right decisions today. To put us on a path that's going to take us somewhere that God wants us to be. Here's the third statement I'll make. The condition of your heart determines the direction of your path. Okay, the condition of your heart determines the direction of your path. The choices that you make are determined by the condition of your heart. 
This is why Proverbs 4.23 tells us to keep your heart with all vigilance, all vigilance to completely be on guard. For from it flow the springs of life. The greatest hindrance in doing the will of God is the wrong desires of our heart. Proverbs says so much about the condition of our heart. When we have wrong desires, when we have disordered desires, we will begin to make unwise choices. And when we make those unwise choices, we miss the will of God. Did you catch a verse back in, in verse 16 where he's talking about the wicked? And he says they cannot sleep unless they have done wrong. Like they cannot go to bed unless they've acted wickedly. They're robbed of sleep unless they have, been, they have made someone stumble. They eat the bread of wickedness and they drink the wine of, of violence. You see, a wicked heart is an obsessed heart. You want something so bad and you obsess over it so much that you begin to make all kinds of bad decisions in order to get it. The essence of a sinful heart is an idolatrous heart. Our hearts are disordered. So what we need is for someone to reorder our heart. That's why Proverbs talks about the Word of God so much. You see, getting in the Word of God and getting that Word into your heart reorganizes it. God gives it its, His proper place, and when we love and trust and delight in God, we make right decisions. Right before Jesus was crucified, he told his disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them. And one of the disciples, Thomas, Thomas said, Lord, how do we know where you're going? How do we know the way? And Jesus, it's a real famous verse from John 14. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. In other words, what Jesus is saying is, if you know me, you'll get the way right. If I'm at the center of your heart, you'll get the way right. Your heart determines whether or not you do the will of God, and the Word of God determines the condition of your heart. Look, here's your little last sub-point. You will not do the will of God any more you know the Word of God. I'm going to repeat that. You will not do the will of God any more than you know the Word of God. That's why we have to be so passionate, whether we're graduating from high school or college or whether we are moving to different phases of our life or whether we're just living the life that we're living that we pour the Word of God into us because you will never do the will of God any more than you know the Word of God, which leads me to a question that I'm going to kind of leave us with this morning. What is the condition of your heart today? What's the condition of your heart? 
Because you see, once God's word becomes center, once Jesus becomes Savior, then we have someone that we can follow who will never lead us astray. As well-intentioned as mom and daddies are, and as smart, I've, I learned, and I think these adults here will testify, the older I get, the smarter my mom and daddy get. Everybody else notice that? <laughs> yeah, it sure it could be because I wasn't that smart in the first place. It's just I realized that they were a lot more smarter. And it wasn't because they had a lot of education. On my desk sits, sits three items that do not belong to me. Three items from, from people that, the three people who had the, the most influence in my life. I have my, my grandmother, my mama, and my daddy. And on my desk is not their accolades or their achievements. It's their Bibles. Because I can open up their Bibles and I can see where they wrote down, this is what God's Word says, and this is how I must live. And that makes all the difference. At the end of our lives, older people, it's not really going to matter how many toys we had. At the end of your lives, young people, it's not going to matter how much money you deposit into your bank account. What's going to matter is what you've done with Jesus. And what's going to matter is what I've done with Jesus. His word will reorder our lives if we'll embrace it. In just a second, I'm going to pray. And after I pray, we're going to stand and we're going to sing. And this time that we do every Sunday, this is our time of commitment. It's just a time for you to take stock of where you stand in your relationship with God. To think through, okay, do I need to change the path that I'm, that I'm walking upon? Do, do I need to allow God's word to really come into my life and for it to speak louder than anything else? Do I need to take a next step in obedience to God? Do I need to ask Jesus to be my Lord and Savior? That, this time is for you to consider that, for you to ponder that, for you to think about that, and then for you to take the next step in relation to that. Follow Jesus, and you're following the will of God. Will you make a commitment today to follow him. Let's bow together and pray. Father, as we come before you today, we are thankful that Jesus decided that he would follow you. Regardless of the pain, regardless of what would happen, he chose to follow you. And he showed us in doing that how you were honored and glorified and how we can have a relationship with you today. If there's someone here in this place today, Father, who's never given their heart to you, there's never been a time that they have asked you to be their Lord and Savior. 
But today, as we've talked about the value of having you in our lives, they realize their need. I pray that even as I'm speaking, that they are crying out to you, confessing their sins, repenting of them, and receiving the gift of salvation that you have in front of them to receive. Father, I pray for those of us who may need to take a next step. Maybe we need to ponder our path. Maybe some of us are walking on the wrong path. And it's time to stop and get off that path and start walking with you. Whatever you're placing upon our heart today, Father, we simply want to be submissive to it. In the good name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Let's-